Did you hear the big news? We started a private university. We are rolling out a new design certificate program and a master's degree program along with our Design Suite Mastermind. We have new enrollment dates coming up for these programs. And if you want to watch a 10-minute video and learn more, go to designsuitecourses.com learn. Hey guys, today I want to talk about why I love Coco Chanel so much. So many years ago, I read a book by Lisa Cheney called Coco Chanel. So um, I know there are a lot of other books. In fact, by the time this gets um, podcast, I'll, I'll read like one or two other books on Coco Chanel because I'm just fascinated by her life because she really is a rags to riches kind of story. She grew up very, very poor and ended up being a huge brand name, which is so fascinating to me. But what I really like about her is that she had immense business sense, which is funny to say about a fashion designer. I think all good fashion designers probably have amazing business sense. But with her, what I thought was so interesting was that she, um, you know, while Dior was busy creating a new silhouette, not a new, but like a very, you know, tight silhouette for women, which I love Dior as well, but, you know, tightening the waist again and, and, um, you know, trying to create that hourglass figure. Chanel was doing the exact opposite and creating these very shift-like dresses that were comfortable, getting rid of corsets, letting women be free in these outfits and be fashionable. And I just think it's so fascinating. Um, and I, I don't know if we would call her rebellious in nature, but just that she really often, while the whole rest of the world was going this way, she was going the exact opposite way. There's even, um, I remember in the book, there was even this time where she, um, you know, everything was poor. Everything was, um, it was much later on and things were tighter and things were harder. And, um, and she went once again, the opposite way. Like instead of going what she did when she was younger, which is like the shift dresses and plainer and simpler, she went the opposite and she did like a diamond show um, during this really, this time period where there was actually more minimalist things going on. And I just think it's fascinating because as designers, um, we're so often, because we're especially in this commercial situation where we're like doing commercial art, we're not thinking about how can I do something so differently that I'm gonna get noticed, right? Instead, we're almost doing the same as everybody else. And I think there's a ton of power in knowing when to veer off and take that fork in the road and when to stay in your same lane. So um, when I taught at the University of Minnesota, and I also taught at the Arts Institute in Minnesota, so I was teaching at both of those places at the same time, I, um, I remember talking to a student and they were like, you keep saying no drop shadows. And I was like, yes, do not use a drop shadow to save your life. And she was like, when can I not, when can I use it? And I said, when you know how to break the rule correctly. And um, it's so funny because now I use drop shadows all the time. It was such a big no-no in college. And it's because I know when to break the rule and when to not break the rule. When is a drop shadow useful and does it create the value you need it to create? 
and when is it just a really terrible design element, right? And I think that's the thing, you know, at the beginning of our design careers, we ought to be following the rules. Why? Because when we know the rules, then a little bit later, as we become more seasoned and experienced, we figure out when it's time to break the rules and when to break them correctly. Um, I think that is something that just comes with experience. Um, just like the no drop shadow to our design students, once they left and they understood the, the core principles of design, then we felt great about them using a drop shadow in the correct circumstances. And um, I think I relate this all back to Coco Chanel because she, you know, I remember one of the things in the book that I really liked was that they talked about, um, you know, that she rarely sewed in her older age, but she was always with a pair of scissors snipping away at things. And so much about being a designer in general is about the editing. We, we should be spending more time putting a lot in and then we take away elements. We start taking away elements so that we're editing it out. One of the problems I see really often, especially in, in my design program when I'm working with designers, is they haven't put enough in to begin with. So if we don't put enough into the design to begin with, there's nothing to edit out. I look at it and I go, it's time for more. We need more in it. Um, because if you don't put more in, then you won't know what needs to be edited out. If there's not enough, then it doesn't become complex and sophisticated and interesting. It doesn't help us see the focal point better. We, we aren't entertained by the piece. However, if we put a lot in and then you pull away the things that, you know, end up not serving the design, then you get something really beautiful, something that really works and it's easy for the eye to see and you can get your messaging across. And that's really what we want with design. We want that, um, that clear communication that comes from great design work. And so I really love that Coco Chanel was still um, running around with her pair of scissors, snipping away at things, cutting things back, and editing them. And as designers, I think we should be doing the same thing. Um, the book, again, was just called Coco Chanel by Lisa uh, Cheney, I believe, and I read it several years back. Lots of fascinating stories about her. Very, very interesting um, life, um, how she made it. You know, she didn't have the happiest of childhoods and was able to still come through and do some amazing things. So um, if you have a chance to read it, I highly recommend and I want you to know that we can model ourselves from designers in the past, even designers now, that are doing amazing and different things. And uh, I think it's a great example of trying to figure out your way, doing something really different than what you're seeing everybody else do, because it will make you stand out. All right, guys, thanks so much for joining me today. If you haven't left a review for the podcast, I would absolutely appreciate it. Um, it is the lifeline of podcasts to get reviews, helps other people find us. Um, and we are doing our best this year to let people know that design is for everyone. Design is a learned behavior and design can be for anyone, whether you're viewing it and understanding what you're looking at, or you're the person actually designing it. All right, guys, I'll see you guys later. 
Hey, did you know that you can visit me at makeanddesign.com to learn more about this podcast and join my VIP group for weekly freebies? I can't wait to see you there.